Welcome to Illumin from the Students. I'm Iha and I'm Aoife and we are the Brisbane Girls Grammar School Head Girls for 2024. In today's episode, we're flipping the script. We, the students, are interviewing our principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School, Miss Jacinda Isla. We're thrilled to have the opportunity to ask her all sorts of questions we normally don't get the chance to talk about, including questions about her background, her career and what daily life is like as a principal. So, Without further ado, good morning Miss Isla and welcome to Illumin from the Students. Good morning Aoife and Eha. It is such a pleasure to be here already. Well, just to start off, we've all enjoyed hearing about your recent endeavours to the European schools. What was your favourite moment on the trip? That is a very good question. It's a hard one to answer. I think my experience of the trip was probably more that wonderful sense that you were overseas, you're in a foreign culture, you're appreciating the smells and sounds of a different country. So there probably wasn't one moment so much as that dawning realisation that the world had opened up again, what a pleasure it is to eat food and meet with people in different parts of the world. So it was just a a beautiful experience overall of difference, being in countries that have different histories, long-standing history, you see it in the architecture, and it was certainly a great pleasure to meet people in schools, a lot like ours in some ways, but different in many ways. While speaking to our cohort at Year Assembly recently, you mentioned the difference in classroom structures and learning styles of schools overseas. Was there a takeaway you appreciated from the schools you visited that you would like to see more in schools like ours? It's a good question, Aoife, because I think one of the great things that you discover when you travel and meet people doing the same thing in different contexts, like teachers educating in schools, the first thing that starts to appear is the commonalities. So you see the things that are the same, you see that, you know, the aspirations are shared, that you want the best for your students, you believe in education, you understand how important that classroom experience is. And then you start to see a little bit more of the difference. I would say rather than what we should do more of, a little part of my sense was that there's actually a lot we could do less of. And when I say that, uh, as you know, I I spoke about the German schools where they, you know, contrary to what a stereotype of Germany might be, actually had very little technology, very few data projectors, laptops in in the classrooms. And I think part of what I saw there is that profoundly human experience of education and that technology is wonderful, it fulfills a very important purpose, but that maybe it's okay to pull back and actually have less technology. Now coming back to Illumin, this podcast has covered topics from parenting during COVID to women in leadership to fostering a culture of thinking at our school. It's featured many distinguished guests as well as teachers, students and all girls and provided an abundance of valuable insights for us and into our school. Now, what prompted you to start this podcast in the first place? I think Girls Grammar has always, I guess, had lots of stories and expertise to share. So we've done that in different forms at different times. So there used to be a regular column in BGGS News called Insights, and we would get teachers and different experts in the school to talk about a particular area of interest, whether it was student care or the importance of sport or the value of science or something exciting that's happening in the classroom. And we started to realise, though, of course, more and more people were wanting to receive their information in different formats. Podcasts were starting to become very popular. We didn't see other schools doing that yet. And so we thought, particularly, as you say, after COVID, that people were 
relying upon podcasts a lot more. People were wanting a different style of receiving information. So it was a lot about how do we share what's happening in our school and also how do we make it personalised. So we can talk about a topic, we can talk about you know the importance of English literature, but we thought it was a, um, a wonderful opportunity to talk about what does it look like at Brisbane Girls Grammar learning and studying English literature. So we decided that it was time to rest the written long-form insights articles that we were doing, move into a podcast, but we'll probably actually have a blend of both into the future. Now, taking a step back, we wanted to ask some questions about your career so far. When in high school, what subjects did you take and what were your interests at the time? Very, I was trying to flip myself back. It's a long time ago, <laughs> girls, 1980s, that's for sure. What were the subjects? I did what in those days we used to call straight math science, but modern history instead of math C in those days. So I did English, maths, chemistry, biology, physics and modern history. So those are the subjects I took. My interests were... I enjoyed all of my subjects. I must say I really enjoyed all of my subjects, but I did like modern history. That was probably my particular interest. And I was a boarder at boarding school and we used to come down in the mornings and we used to read the newspaper. And when I was at school in the 80s, it was a time where the Cold War was looming. The threat of nuclear war was ever-present and it really shaped and framed our consciousness at that time. So I have to say I had a particular interest in modern history that I found particularly fascinating. Speaking of schools, did you always know you wanted to enter the education realm or was there something that inspired you? Aoife, I definitely did not and I'm not even sure why. I can't even say that I consciously chose to rule education out but it was never in in my frame when I was at school which I think is a really important message for all of you as you're about to embark upon you know your first career perhaps of many. I I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, I thought back in those days I thought of medicine and it was six years but it seemed a long time. Yes, I know you will definitely. do multiple degrees <laughs> whereas um, back at that time there was kind of law combined with arts, economics or commerce, which was five and vet was five, medicine was six. But most degrees were kind of three years and you're out and on your way. I did work experience with lawyers and I just found that a little bit slow at the time, being 17, going through all these files. And so ultimately there was a woman called Jana Vent people of your mother's generation will know that she was this amazing, pioneering, strong female journalist in Australia. I thought journalism looked really interesting. So I actually set off on the path of journalism, but very quickly shifted and realised that wasn't quite what I wanted to do. I moved towards modern history, thinking maybe foreign service. And then ultimately, at the grand old age of about 20, I was reading in the back of a magazine. I was coming home to the family farm in the back of a bus. I picked it up at the BP and it was a magazine and it had in it glamour jobs and it had all these interesting jobs and um, one of them was a a big double page spread on a woman who was a marketing manager and I didn't know what marketing was but I thought it sounded interesting and she was working for Ostrabel which were the Australian distributors of a lot of fine French perfumes, Cacherelle, Lancôme, Ralph Lauren and I, I rang her up from my family farm back when we had no mobile, I just called and I asked if I could come and do work experience with her in Sydney and I went down to Sydney for two weeks and at the end of it her advice was to begin in advertising so she said if you want a job like this get on the best account at the biggest agency and so that was the path that I set off on 
So education came much later. I went to San Francisco, I went to Sydney, I went to London, and I had these jobs in advertising, but I never, I never had a great passion for it. And so when I was about 25, I decided I wanted to come back. And at that time, I thought be a doctor or a teacher. Mm. I wanted to do something that I felt maybe my heart was in a little, little more. Yes. And that's how I came back and became a teacher in my mid to late 20s. Mm. Once you decided you wanted to become a teacher, would you say that there are some key milestones or moments that you're really proud of in your career so far? I just feel proud every day to be mm. part of this school, I have to say. There have been lots of milestones, things that have been significant in my path to come to be principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School, but I think I feel incredibly proud of our school, the people within our school, the teachers and all of our students. So I think my proudest moment is when you do well and when you are who you ought to be and when you're contributing in ways that give us all energy and excitement. Well, going to the other end of the spectrum, what has been your biggest struggle career-wise and what have you learnt from it? The biggest struggle comes down to sometimes the weight of responsibility and decision-making and what is the right decision to make at the right time, particularly when people's lives might be affected. And so probably the biggest struggles are when it affects people and maybe it affects them negatively or maybe you have to make some hard decisions. That can be a wrench, it can be mm -hmm. difficult. You have to sometimes make decisions that are hard to make but you believe are right. So sometimes there's the personal struggle of, of what's right to do and then probably perhaps not in terms of being a struggle so much as a weight of you know going through COVID and the enormity of all of the things that happened so probably and that goes very much with the role of being a principal so Definitely. that's probably that's probably the most challenging thing. And Ihar and I and I'm sure the student body is very curious as to know what a day in the life of being Miss Isla looks like. Goodness, how long have you got, girls? They're long <laughs> days. They're exciting days. They start really early, they end pretty late. And the main thing about them is that they're never, ever the same. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love. So one of the things when you think about as a principal, you have sometimes you, you go up and down in these little like 15-minute, half-hour intervals. So you might be talking to a beautiful little year seven girl who's got an idea for a new handball court and she's just full of joy and optimism. And then someone brings in... And you've got to talk about the budgets and how much you're going to spend on something for next year and then you might, you know you might have some media person wanting to get a comment on something that you didn't even know was about to go into the into the media but on a daily basis I can say I get up early probably every single day probably at about quarter to five I do have oh a God. bit of a routine oh. <laughs> yeah and well. my routine my husband brings me a big pot of black coffee in a plunger <laughs> and so I'm no use to anybody until I have got to the bottom of that so that comes in and I either read something or think about what I should read lately I've been trying to do a bit of duolingo trying to oh, wow. very nice <laughs> yes trying to learn a bit of Spanish I, I figure that sort of gets my brain going in the morning because it's a, it's a bit mindless but it attracts you. Yes. I try not to look at social media. I'm very good at that lately, but I've had my stages. And then essentially, once I wake up, I get up and we get onto all the domestic things. We get out of the house fairly early. The children go and do all the things that they do. And throughout the day, it's just, you know, what's 
what's important is usually set the day in advance. So what have you scheduled? What meetings? You might go and speak to a teacher. You might visit a class. And then you might go into the evening where there are often events, parent information evenings and things like that. Well, you have a very busy life, clearly. What keeps you motivated to keep going throughout the day? The main thing is the sense that you're doing something worthwhile that has a purpose. And I think that's true of everybody, isn't it? Mm. That you're motivated. So you're motivated by what you think the school needs, what needs your attention, first and foremost. Then you're also motivated by challenge. You know, you would find that in your classes. If you're not challenged, if you're not stimulated, it's not interesting. So just the inherent challenge of the things that you're doing and trying to keep that sharp. And then the other motivation is believing in what you're a part of most importantly and and I always say if you ever got a little cynical or if you started to feel a bit fatigued or you weren't excited anymore when that little year seven girl comes to talk about her handball court it's probably time to try something different so making sure that that you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Leading on from that the school and our ethics program in particular always encourage us to prioritize our well-being whether that be through practicing mindfulness or keeping up with a hobby. Is there a point in your schedule where you're able to take time for yourself? And if so, what do you like to do? I'm actually pretty good at taking care of it. I think you have to be. It's got to be sustainable. Um, And people often think I'm moving fast all of the time, which I am, but I'm also very, very good at doing nothing. Absolutely nothing on a Sunday if I can possibly get away with it. I love very simple home based things. I love cooking. I love pottering around the house. I love putting flowers in vases. And and when I talk about I enjoy gardening, I think people might imagine I've got a glorious garden. I do not. Um, (laughs) Half of the pot plants are dead half of the time. But I really enjoy it. I love secateurs. I love getting in and um, trimming them and and spending time. I have pets, children, family. Mm -hmm. And so my perfect Sunday is probably cooking in your own home and having friends or family come to visit you and not having to wear shoes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) We now have a couple more rapid-fire style questions to throw at you. So, firstly, would you say you're a cat or a dog person? I love both. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit more of a dog person. Yes, I agree with that stance. And do you prefer winter or summer? Always spring. Really? Oh, it's the best season of all. Mm. I absolutely love spring, but in Brisbane it only lasts for about four or five days. Yeah, that's yes. true. That's very true. <laughs> I love the whole, the, the freshness of spring. Yes. Bit of a difficult question, but what is your favourite book or favourite movie? That is a very difficult mm. question. I can't say that I have one. I think back in olden times, um, something like Rohinton Mysteries, A Fine Balance, I absolutely loved. And some of the favourite movies that I have are probably... From when I was younger, things like the old cliche, a dead poet society, oh. things that had, things <laughs> that had, and that I have movie. to say, the Winslow Boy was one that I absolutely loved from long, long ago. And you did mention this previously, but if you weren't a principal, what career would you pursue? I'm not sure, but I've often thought I might be interested in something in ag economics, something around. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I think that taps into an interesting interest in global affairs but in something that's real. I grew up on a farm so um, I have an interest in agriculture so maybe something around that. Interesting and our final question in your opinion what is the most fashionable piece of the grammar uniform? Ah that's so easy the hat the (laughs) glorious hat. I cannot see or have ever seen a hat in any other girls school that is as beautiful as yours. 
Agreed. Now, as a little leaving message, as we know, the grade 12s are leaving very soon and will be moving on to their tertiary studies. If you could go back in time and speak to your high school self, what would you say to her? Make sure you focus on what is real and let's mm. let all the static and the busyness and listen to your own true voice. And most importantly, be yourself. You know, I, I always remember someone saying that they said, oh, I really wish I was interested in global affairs, but I'm just not. I think it's really, really important to tell your young self to pursue what it is that you love, what is innately interesting to you, and just follow that course and you'll end up where you need to go. And lastly, is there a word of advice you would give to the graduating class of this year and all the girls for their future? Surround yourself with good people. Above all else, whatever happens in life, whatever challenges you face, whatever failings you have, humiliations that are an inevitable part of life, if you have people who are true and good and loyal to you, regardless of their station in life, what their job is or how you've met them, you will always feel safe and you will always have a life of quality. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Ms. Ayla. Aoife and Eha, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for your interest. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.